me and Marianne have a lot of fun doing these shows, you know, but we do these shows to get the information out to you. We want to hear the viewer. We want to hear you, the callers. Call on in and tell us about your chronic pain experience. No matter what chronic pain you're dealing with, what autoimmune disease you're dealing with, call into this great show, and we'll get you on the air, and we'll talk to you, and we'll try to give you some advice. But remember, we're not doctors, okay? We're, we are advocates. Oh, yes, we are advocates, ladies and gentlemen, for a great cause. But we are advocates only. We are not doctors. We didn't spend that extra eight years getting that degree, although we are sometimes smarter than our doctor counterparts, you know, but that's okay. That's all right, you know. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, but we do a lot more research, honestly, than the doctors do, you know, and that's what this show is about also, the advocacy of chronic pain. And we're going to talk a little bit about that advocacy today because we're going to talk about how hard it is to get your pain drugs, you know, and I know Mary Ann has a lot of great things she wants to talk about. So let me introduce, she is a veteran of the Gulf War. She is a survivor of lupus, of PTSD, of Gulf War illness, of every other ailment she has. She's a survivor, okay, and she's here. And we're happy to have her here with all this great knowledge that she brings to us. Yeah, so... Let me introduce to you, Mary Ann Parker. Hello, Mary Ann. Hi, Joey. How you doing? How are you? I'm okay. I was in court today with a friend, but um, everything worked out great. Uh, um, and congratulations on your trademarks. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, uh, you know, honestly, the most exciting thing I got out of my system today. You know, I, I'm telling you, I, I couldn't believe it, but I got the call, and the applications are in. And I'm happy. I'm a happy dude, you know. Wonderful. So, That's great news. Thank you. Thank you. So we're moving along. We're moving along, Marianne. We're moving along. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you feeling today? I'm doing all right. I'm having a pretty good day today. Oh, yeah. You sound like you're a lot better. It sounds like yeah, you're Oh, yeah. I'm too. having a good day today. I haven't, I haven't. My pain level's been low. It's been about a... I don't know. I was so busy um, with my friend all day, and I, it's something I normally don't get to do is hang out with a friend, you know, instead of going to the doctors and hospitals. So, um, you know, we had lunch and, you know, doing things I normally don't get to do. And um, to be honest with you, I forgot all about my pain. I, I guess it's about a two or a three, really. Wow. That's yeah, it's, you know, very rare, a two or a three, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Coming from your mouth, I'm, I'm really yeah, happy. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, quite a difference from last week. Oh, last oh. week was terrible. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, when we were doing those shows last week, I was in a lot of pain. Yeah, but you got them done. You were here. You were a warrior. You fought Oh, yeah, yeah. Once I started talking on the show and started talking about uh, something I was passionate about, I forgot all about it. Yeah, and that's why we're here. Like I said, we're here for the viewer. We're here for yeah. the viewer. We're here for the listener. It's important, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, to note that we bring you all this great knowledge from our research. We do research of our own, okay? We do so much research to make sure that we have the right information that we're bringing you. So, yeah. uh, so Mary Ann, I know you have a lot of things you want to discuss, so go ahead, get started. Well, um, I wanted to talk, um, I'm hoping we get a lot of participants in the chat room or, in, you know, um, 
are in li- online, you know, um, mm-hmm. or some. I hope we might get callers, maybe, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. people that actually suffer from chronic pain. But if we don't, it's a, you know, it's an inaugural show. I understand, but uh, today I just happened to catch um, the tell the beginning of Doctor Oz, and uh, the subject, the main subject of today's Doctor Oz was. Um, uh, doctors prescribing medical marijuana in, instead of and moving away from opioid prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, what he was talking about was um, he said there's um, there's a hundred million uh, people in America alone that suffer from chronic pain, mm-hmm. and um, there's 250 million prescriptions for opioids written every year in America, mm-hmm. and 12 million people abuse the opioids. And uh, and then 50 a day, um, the, at the last count, you know, there was about 50 a day dying from overdose of opioids. Mm-hmm. And so um, in states where uh, medical marijuana is approved, mostly in states out west and in uh, some southwest um, and a couple on the east coast, I believe, I didn't get to see every state, but in the states where medical marijuana is approved, there's been 25 uh, percent fewer prescription um, overdoses, and so far, um, since you know the majority of them got approved uh, at the end of la- towards the end of last year, um, there's been 1,700 fewer deaths from um, from uh, from medical marijuana. You know, I guess from people marrying. I wasn't actually sure if he meant 1,700. I'll have to research it further. But if he meant 1,700 fewer died that that were on opioids, or 1,700 fewer deaths among people that that used medical marijuana, but the topic of the show was trading opiates for marijuana, and um, I thought it would be good to have a, um, a conversation about that, but, but um, they had, uh, it was Dr. Oz, and there was um, a woman doctor on there, she was a pain doctor, and there was another gentleman on there, um, I assume he was a doctor, I, I have to go back and watch, I taped the show, and I have to go back and uh watch it again to see exactly what his uh, position was. But um, you can look it up on Dr. Oz's Facebook page if mm-hmm. anybody's interested. But he said um, something I didn't agree with. What he said was the the man on the end, he said that um, once you start opioids, he said with the, he said by the end of the first month that you're on opioids, you're, you already triple your dose. So I already sent off an email to Dr. Oz because that's just <laughs> not true. Yeah. That's not true. You don't, you know, everybody doesn't, is not, has not tripled their uh, uh, pills by the end of the first month that they're on opioids. It's just not the case. I don't care how much pain you're in. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe some people do, um, you know, take double and triple by the end of the month, but that, but that's not, um, that's not true of every person that's on um, a narcotic. And, uh, you know, and he was saying how people start out on Percocet, then they go to Vicodin, then they go to OxyContin, and, and then they um, they become resistant to the opi- opioids. But but then the um, the other doctor, she talked about the benefits of medical marijuana, and she said, um, you know, like if you have, if you have surgery or uh, back surgery or anything like that, dental surgery, you get um, opioids because, you know, in most cases you don't need it very long and then you can get off of it. And then yeah. for people for people with HIV pain or cancer or multiple sclerosis, uh, medical marijuana usually works better because, um, you know, with cancer you get, uh, you get nausea from the chemotherapy and, and the medical marijuana, the THC, is the active ingredient. And it yeah. helps with nausea and so on and so forth. So, 
I was just wondering, uh, you know, what you thought about that, and uh, and uh, I thought it was uh, it was an interesting topic. I thought it was a good topic for discussion, you know. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, what what I think about it is, I mean, if it works for you, why not be able to get it? You know, I, for me, you know, opioids. Yeah, I tried fifteen different pain drugs. And they didn't work for me. Lyrica, Neurontin, all of those drugs didn't work for me. Okay? But it may work for other people. Therefore, why make it hard for pain patients to get their medications? Also, how could you say that about pain patients? You don't know that they are taking that medication wrongly. They could be taking that medication the way the doctor prescribed it. You know? But... A lot of us, we go to the hospital, oh, they're just pain junkies. They just want pain medication. So, you know, they don't give you the medication. You know what I'm saying? So it's more or less that we are stereotyped as a pain community because we have to take our pain meds to survive. Now, like I said, not me per se, but a lot of you out there need those medications to survive, you know? And without right. that, if, it, if you don't have those medications, you know, you're going to be living in pain, and you're going to be living in a lot of pain. You know, you need those medications. So it should not be hard for you to get something that is supposed to help you. You understand? And then, you know, all these systems that we have, you know, not only the healthcare system, okay, all these systems that we have, it's hard to get any medication, including the workers' comp system. Whereas we shut them off of this show, by the way. They don't follow us here, you know, because they only follow us on the on the blog talk radio channel. So they don't have no idea that we're here, you know. But uh, they follow the other channel, and we welcome them, and we want them to learn something. But anyway, you know, I think it's important, ladies and gentlemen, that we know that why make these medications so horribly tough to get for people that really need it. These people are suffering, ladies and gentlemen. You have people who are bed-bound, wheelchair-bound, home-bound because they can't get their medication Come on, people. They get sick when they're not on their medication. Well, let's keep in mind also they're taking a medication. Then all of a sudden it's abruptly stopped. Okay? So you get withdrawal symptoms. Okay? Because, oh, you don't get the medication back for four months. Well, what do you expect? You're going to be vomiting. You're going to be, you know, doing all these things that unfortunately come with withdrawal. You know, because the insurance company is not paying for your medication. You know, so it's important to note that it will be where we need to fight for these medications to be readily available for pain patients. Okay, they need to be readily available for pain patients. And even if, even if you have to have some sort of an ID on you, or whatever it is to say you have a pain condition with your doctor's signature, you should be able to get your medication with no problem. 
And it angers me that many in our pain community cannot get their medications with any of these so-called, you know, healthcare divisions we have, you know, Medicare, workers' comp, uh, you know, uh, SSD, uh, just general health care, Obamacare, okay, even Obamacare, you can't get medication, you know, so it's like, let's think about this, ladies and gentlemen, let's think about what we're doing here, okay, we need to focus on the, the patient, okay, the, the person that is suffering because they have no medication, okay, or nothing to help them. Okay, these people will either, one, commit suicide because they can't take it, okay, they can't take the pain. They'll deal with withdrawal symptoms that could kill them, you know, some, sometimes. It depends. You know, it depends on the medication. Sometimes you get seizures. Sometimes you get strokes. Sometimes you just vomit. You know, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. You know, so it's sad, you know, but unfortunately in the world that we live in, it's true. It's sad, but it's true that we have now these restrictions on pain medications because we are stereotyped as a pain community because, yes, we need our pain meds, okay? No matter who it is, you need your pain meds, okay? Me, personally, no, I don't need any pain meds, but other people out there, yeah, they're going to need their pain medication, and if it's not readily available to them, it's really sad that they have to fight for the medication that they've been taking for years. But yet, they've got to fight for it now, you know? And, and the, the cost hike, the cost hike of these medications, the pharmacies are killing us. Not only the pharmacies, but the pharmaceutical companies are killing us. You know, so, Marianne, when you say, you know, you wanted my opinion, there's my opinion on that issue. You know, I, I, I just, I can't believe what I'm seeing, you know. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, um, what I've been experiencing the past, uh, past two months has become worrisome because um, I've been going to CVS for years. I've been on uh, Vicodin for 15 years, and... Uh, Luckily, um, I'm one of those um, people that when I'm out without it a few days, I don't have any withdrawal symptoms mm-hmm. and um, uh, because my body needs it. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I get pretty miserable if I, you know, like with severe pain or something. But but um, what's worrisome to me is the past two months I've been going to, you know, I usually go to CVS, and CVS has been out of the um, hydrocodone. And, you know, at first they had to cut down the Tylenol and the codon. I used to get uh, a hydrocodone. I used to get 7.5 slash 650. Then they cut it to 7.5 slash 325 because you can really only, you know, recommended to have like 3,000 milligrams of Tylenol a day for your liver. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but the last two times I've left the lupus doctor and gone to my CVS and, they, and they're out of the hydrocodone. And then they say, call back tomorrow or the next day and then, and then, you know, when you're in pain, you don't want to hear that you have to go tracking down your pain medicine. And then, oh, yeah. so that it happened to me again this month. So 
Well, last month after I went to CVS, I went to another CVS, which was about 15 streets down from me, and they were out too. So I was like, "Uh uh-oh. So then I walked across the street to Walgreens, and Walgreens, they had it. So then this time I I went to CVS, and they didn't have it, and um, they said call back tomorrow, and I said, oh, forget it. I'm just going to go straight to Walgreens. So, of course, I went to Walgreens, and they had it. But, it's you know, it's starting to worry me because – the VA also changed their policy on hydrocodone, and uh, you know they used to um, they used to give you six months uh, prescription at a time, and you could just call in your refill when you needed it, mm-hmm. but uh, renew it every month over the phone, and they would mail it to you. Well, um, since the uh, FDA changed the rules on hydrocodone um, at the VA, if you get if you get that, you have to um, see your doctor every month to get the prescription. Mm. So that gotcha. makes it, you know, that makes it hard for people that, you know, were really, you know, bad off in, in wheelchairs and stuff and they don't feel good. But, but um, you know, as far as uh, the um, medical marijuana, you know, I agree with you. I say, you know, if it works for you and it helps you and you know, it helps you to um, have an appetite. And, and um, I, lo- I was reading some of the comments on Dr. Oz and, you know, and some people um it helps them to be able to go to sleep at night and, and, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. And they cut out. They, they get to cut out a lot of different uh, pills because they just use the medical marijuana and they use that for sleeping and pain relief and so on and so forth. Yeah. And uh, so um, on the Dr. Oz, they were saying um, that a lot of doctors were, you know, starting to pre- prescribe that. I really hadn't heard that until today's show, but yeah. I guess he's talking about in states where it's legal already. But, well, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not, you know, that can't, you know, that's not in Florida or any, anywhere like that, but um, but that was, excuse me, that was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, you want to know so, my take on uh, on the marijuana, you know, my, my take on the medical marijuana is if it works for you, take it, okay? I mean, that's the thing, you know, for me, anything that works for a pain patient, I will advocate for, okay? Whether it be used for, you know, all kinds of medical use, you know, uh, for tumors, for cancer, uh, for chronic pain, you know, you could use it for numerous uh, medical conditions, even mental conditions you could use it for. You know, I'm totally, I'm totally for that. I'm not for the the recreational use of marijuana. I, I, I think that uh, it should be used as a medical source only, especially for chronic pain patients, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say for uh, pain patients and for any other patients that could utilize, um, you know, that particular drug, I would say yes. I think that it has enough good in it to say, that marijuana is good for this and marijuana is good for that, you know. But recreationally, I, I'm not into that. You know, I I, I, right. was, I, I, I grew up uh, saying no to drugs, you know, and yeah. I'll stick to that, you know. Well, I'm on too many prescription pills to even think about trying something like that. But <laughs> if, it was, if it was legal, you know, and, and they took away hydrocodone, I guess I might try it. You know, if uh, but you know, it would just depend. You know, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of pain medicines I'm on now, mainly hydrocodone, and then I take Lyrica for fibromyalgia, and I take um, 
I take uh, Cymbalta at bedtime, and um, let's see, what else do I take? I take uh, Flexerol. That's kind of like more of a muscle relaxer, though. Oh, and I started the low-dose naltrexone for fibromyalgia, and that helps out a lot. Oh, you did? So I'm, uh, I'm cutting back on my hydrocodone, though, because they really don't want you to take both of those. at The, the naltrexone will cut the efficiency of the hydrocodone, so I'm trying to cut one of them out. Yeah, yeah. You know, let me let me yeah. ask you about the uh, the LDN because I know the low dose naltrexone for RSD patients. I know a lot of people have gone crazy on that drug. You know. Yeah, I know uh, it's got, it's got serious warnings on it. Yeah, I know it's uh it's kind of concerned. I'm in a group on Facebook and there's um there's a lot of people. I went in there when I when I my doctor was talking about it and I went in there and started talking to some of the people in the low dose naltrexone group and. And I, uh, yeah, it depends. A lot of people have um, had serious problems with it, and then some other people think it's just the best thing they've ever had. Mhm. Mm yeah. yeah. It, um, but so far, you know, so far I think it's helping me out. So. But um, you know, I don't seem to, um, you know, have any increased depression or anxiety or anything. Well, that's good. That's a yeah, good thing. Yeah. So hope hopefully, you know, I don't plan to stay on a long time, but hopefully, uh. Hopefully they, you know, the the FDA will reconsider about the hydrocodone, and uh, but I doubt they will. But hopefully maybe they'll re reconsider that one day and and uh, not make that as strict as they did. So you so know? tell me so tell me about your reaction to the low dose naltrexone, um, uh, and how does it actually help your pain? Well. Um, I noticed that um, when I, uh, after I'd been on it like a week or so, I noticed that my fibromyalgia pain was a lot better. <laughs> and um, I actually, um, like right after I first started it, I actually um, had, uh, had, you know, had more days where I didn't have a lot of pain. Like I didn't have a lot of 8 and 9 and 10 pain. Mm -hmm. And um, I seemed to sleep better. Like after the first week I was on it, I, I seemed to get, uh, sleep better. But then there's days, you know, like yesterday, there's days where, like last night, um, I didn't take any of my medicines when I went to bed because I was just so tired. I said, forget it. I'm not taking any of my medicines this evening. And mm -hmm. I just went and laid down, and I slept like a baby the whole night and felt great this morning. So, That's you know, good. it just depends. But um, but um, I, it seemed to help me with my sleep uh, quality and the and the amount of fibromyalgia pain. But then again, I've had... The last week, I've had the worst. I had the worst fibromyalgia flare I've had in a long time. So, but I think it's all tied to the weather too. So the weather dictates a lot of my pain. So let, let me ask you. So last week, it was more. It was more the fibro pain than anything else. Yeah, it was fibromyalgia pain. I had, I had the trigger points in my um, upper traps and on my shoulder blades, and the trigger points inside my knees were. Um, were so painful, like I could just barely, like I, I tried to, um, you know, rub them out myself, mm -hmm. and I, t I would touch one on my shoulder blade, and I was like, yow, you know, it was, oh, it was so painful. Mm -hmm. And um, so, um, from but uh, Dr. Maldonado told me, uh, you know, just to um, soak in Epsom salts, and, uh, and that other guy, Dr. Irvin, had told me the same thing, like within the same day, so I said, well, I'm just going to... Uh, start soaking in the Epsom salts more when the fibromyalgia flare is flaring. And, yeah. uh, work, and, and, try, and I try to work out those trigger points. Like I had uh, huge knots in my lower back from fibromyalgia. 
mm-hmm. either side of my lower back. But then again, I have, uh, you know, I had degenerative joint disease. and But I think uh, the fibromyalgia was flaring in, in my back, too. But, um, mm-hmm. but um, I guess it's just time to go and have a, a deep tissue massage and make them sure they work out all the, fa- the knots in the fascia and everything. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, I think it's I think it's good to do that every once in a while. And uh, massage envy, I don't know if that's in every state, but they have that here in uh, Miami Dade County, and uh, they usually have like uh, specials for fifty nine dollars. And then you can tell them if you want a trigger point massage or you know myofascial breakup or whatever. And and I was just thinking, well, I think it's time to go have have that done again. <laughs> No, there's a massage envy up here. Yeah, we have one. Uh, and I, I think they're in, in almost every state. I think they're in almost every state. Um, but I have to say, you know, on, on the question of medical marijuana, you know, again, um, if it becomes readily available in every state, I think it would be, uh, you know, very good for chronic pain patients if it became readily available for doctors to prescribe that for chronic pain, for cancer pain, for diabetic neuropathy pains, you know, and for, you know, very various other uh, things, you know, uh, seizures. I think it works. They said it worked for depression, anxiety, you know, there's a lot of different things that uh, the medical marijuana could work for. So why not? If it works, why not? You know, I right. mean, uh, you know, that that's the thing with me. If it works for somebody and it relieves their pain, I'm all happy for that person. I am happy for that person no matter what they use, you know. And uh, it's important, ladies and gentlemen, you know, don't push, you know, different things on other people. Let them make their own choice. You know, I notice in some of these groups on the Internet, on Facebook, on Twitter, you know, that uh, people are, are pushing other people you know, to do all the treatments. You can't do that. You can advise people what to do. You can answer their questions like I do on Colomar. I go in there. I answer their questions. I try my best, you know, but it's eventually their choice what they want to do, okay? So do not push anybody to do anything. You know, I notice in these groups, you know, you know, and then those people get kicked out of the group. You know, because it's more or less, well, you're pushing me to do uh, this treatment. It should not be where you're pushing somebody else to do uh, a treatment, you know. And that's just, you know, a pet peeve of mine. And I actually see, oh, yeah, you should try this, try this, try this. And keep they keep talking about it, keep punching into your brain. And people get annoyed with that, you know. Um, me, I'm just there to advise, you know. And if somebody asks me a question, I'm going to answer it, you know, because I'm an advocate, okay? And, you know, for me, you know, it's easy because I have a lot of the information readily available. All I have to do is pull up a link, and there it is, you know, and I just read it off and I type it in to people, you know, and same thing with Colomar. That's all I do. I pull up a link. I type in all the great information. I, I know, hey, listen, I've retained a lot of information through my Colomar experience. So how could I not know about that, you know? So, I mean, like, I've been doing it for three years now, 80-plus treatments later, and it's worked great for me. How could I not know about it, you know? Just like anything else. Like, if a medicine works for you, aren't you going to say, well, this medicine is great, you know? I take it. I feel like this. I feel like that every day. This is gone. That's gone. 
you know, so of course you're going to talk about it because it works for you. You know, for me, you know, I try to, you know, I, I try, what I try to do is try to, you know, it's trying to talk about everything. Because if you talk about everything, then nobody can get mad at you. You know, oh, well, you're pushing. No, I'm not pushing anything. I'm just, you know, answering a question, you know. Right. And that's it. I mean, that's my point on that, too, is that, no, don't push anybody to do anything, you know. Okay. Yeah, I um, I just think the government, they overreached a little bit when they um, changed the rules so drastically. Yeah. But, um, but you know, like I said, maybe they'll reconsider or something. Oh, I um, hope so. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are, unfortunately, a lot of people can't even get their prescription anymore. They've been co- totally cut off because their doctor got so afraid, they just stopped writing them all together. And um, so, yeah. you know, that's that's a, that's a problem, you know, that some people are having to deal with. You know, it, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, concerning, but... Um, but yeah, you're right about that. You know, um, not here to push any, anything one way or the other. Just here to inform so people can make their own uh, informed cho- uh, choice. Yeah. Or they can go and do their own research and then figure out from there what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, and and in the case of, of medical care, I mean, I've noticed. What I've uh, I've noticed is, you know, a lot of people are even having a hard time just going to the doctor because of uh, this new health care system, you know. Um, a lot of people are having, you know, a hard time, like you said, getting their prescriptions, you know. So, I mean, did it solve much? I mean, yeah, I mean, the people that didn't have insurance now have insurance, and that's fine. You know, but is it solving it for people that had insurance and now, you know, have to be mandated to take this other insurance and and not, you know, be, you know, for uh, forbeared, uh, you know, or to 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 look at this and say, you know, can I go to the doctor on this new? On, on this new thing, you know, I mean, will they pay for it? Will they take it? Some doctors don't even take it, you know? So, I mean, like, it, it, it's it's just crazy, you know, what's going on in this country now, you know, with, with health care, you, right. you know, people trying to decipher who's going where, what's doing what, you know, and so on and so forth. But you, you forbear this and you say, in my head, it's just all confused, confusion. I, I, you know, to me, it's like all confusion. I mean, like, yeah, I'm happy, happy for those people that didn't have health insurance that now they have health insurance. You know, that's great. I'm happy about that. You know, but everything else to deal with that. I mean, like, we didn't need any of that. You know, I, I you know, so it, it's just unbelievable what I, I see going on, you know, at doctor's offices now, at pharmacies, you know, all the new protocols that are out there now. It's just crazy. I have to I have to weigh myself, take my blood pressure uh, every time I go to the doctor. Every time I go to the doctor, I got to do that, you know, and no matter what doctor it is, you know, I have to take my blood pressure and take my weight, 
You know, so that's a new mandate. You know, that's oh, a new wow. mandate. Yeah, it's a new mandate, you know, from this, this uh, Obamacare. You know, so it's like all these things are being implemented now. We're seeing all this stuff come about. You know, I, I, I don't know what else to say about that. But, right. I, I mean, you know, me personally, I'm not too excited about, I, I'm like, I would say 25% happy for the people that don't have health insurance, that now have health insurance. Okay, but I am not really excited about Obamacare, and, and, you know, and uh, and what it has to offer. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Well, I haven't heard uh, too many. I haven't heard too many people personally um, complain about it. Um, but um, but I, you know, from people I know that finally got um, health insurance, you know, I'm happy for them. So. You know that's uh, that was a plus, but uh, you know personally, I don't know. I'm not. I don't. Not too familiar with uh, with anybody that's had a problem with it so far. But uh, you know, I have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, especially you know, people on uh, with pain. You know, like I said, you know, with pain medication and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of things are being restricted now. You know, because okay. of, of new laws. You know, so. I, I don't know, you know. I mean, like, you know, will it work in the future? Nah, I don't. If it's not working now, how's it going to work in the future? You know, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm a little lost because I don't know the full capacity of the bill. I just right. little bits and pieces. I know little be- bits and pieces are coming out, you know, because they uh, they didn't read the bill, you know. So little pieces are coming out here and there, you know, and we're seeing you know, all these, you know, little things coming out and, you know, when I see people being kicked off of their insurance, when they're happy with their insurance, you know, that bothers yeah, that's, me that's too. that's not good. Yeah. I mean, that bothers yeah. me too. You shouldn't be kicked off of your insurance. That's but anyway, true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, and the high premiums too, for that matter, from the, oh, from the, yeah. from the companies, you know. So, I, I, you know, I don't know. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I want to get an expert on here to talk about maybe the Obamacare law and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I would like oh, to that's get a good like, idea. Yeah, I would like to get a, a you know somebody that knows what's going on with that because I don't know, they read the bill, you know. So we'll just throw everything out out there to the folks and you know hopefully they'll like it, you know. Uh, but uh, to me, it's like, come on now. You know, I mean, uh, anyway, I have to move on from this because I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I, I can't, I can't talk politics. I, I just get all flustered and uh, I can't. Uh, we don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Mary, we don't want to go there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so back to chronic pain um, and this, this article, you know, that you read on the opiates and, you know, like I said before, I mean, you know, opiates should be readily available for the patients that need them, you know, and even the pharmacy is giving people uh, a hard time, you know, and the the pharmacy, you know, I, I noticed is charging people more, you know, oh, yeah. and, and they don't have the medications readily available for the patient like you just Not talked anymore, about. anymore, no. Yeah, yeah. So... Places like CVS, I walk in, I want my medication. I don't want to go to another branch, you know. Um, and a lot of the times, sometimes, I have to go to another branch, 
You know, yeah. if it was one of those pain medications that I was on in the beginning, yeah, there was a couple of them where I had to go to another branch all the way on the other side of the island that had it, you know, so I had to drive all the way over to the other side of the island, you know, where here, it's five minutes away from my house, I had to go, uh, you know, about an hour out of my way to go and drive and get it, and then drive home, you know, so it's like, have the medication readily available for all your patients, and they should know that, yes, people are going to be coming in for pain medication because there's a lot of people in pain out there, okay? Um, and they should have this medication readily available, but not only yeah, that. They, yeah, they should know that they're running out and running low, and why don't they order uh, reorder it before they run out? I don't get that. I don't That's get it either. That's a good point. That I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, CVS should know when they're when they're down to the last bottle or something. Yeah, I know a few other people that have had issues not only with that, but with the cost of these drugs now. You know, I, I know a few people that I've spoken to recently that went to the pharmacy and had issues with cost because the cost was jacked up on a lot of these things. Yeah, it's, it's creeping up. Yeah, the cost is going up. Yeah. So to me, uh, when I go into a pharmacy, I want my medication readily available to me, and I want low cost. Okay, I, I, you know, why is it so exuberantly high now, you know, where people, you know, are having issues paying for their medication, you know, again, that's another obstacle that people have to jump over to get their medication, you know, um, so it's like cost, they don't have it, you know, which is so, that's dumb, I mean, like, you know, Come on now. I mean, like, if you realize the day before that you're low on a medication, order it so you have it for the next day. You know what I'm ha I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think it's in I think it's important. Even if you can't order it the next day, get it from another store. How about that? Get it. Yeah, from and store. don't make the patient go from store to store to get it. Yeah. They should go. I mean, they should go call the other store and have the other store bring it to them or something. Yeah. Or what start delivery patient, service. They are. They should start delivery service. What if the patient can't drive? What if the patient can't get out of the house? What if the patient is bed bound? You know. Yeah. What, what, what if? You know. Right. Uh, You're absolutely right. You know. So. Yeah, people are dying without this medication. Okay, people are in pain. And they they need this medication to survive a lot of them. You know, um, what what it is 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 that I feel that the pharmacy is not taking enough initiative to say, well, we actually care about the patient. Well, if you cared about the patient, you would make sure the medicine was readily available for them. Also, also, if you cared about the patient, you would make sure that the cost would stay low. You know, because, yes, they need their medication. And whether it be the pharmaceutical company that you have to contact to get that low number, I think it's important that these medications stay low so people can purchase them and make sure that they have their medications every month, okay? A lot of these medications, some, some of them 
you can't order more than a month. So, again, the refills on some of these medications, you can't get because you have to go through the doctor every time it's an opiate. You have to go through the doctor every time. There's no refills on yep. opiates. There's no, no not refills. anymore. Yes, because of new laws. Because of new laws that were put through. You know? So, again, do we need all of these laws? No, we really don't. You know, I mean, like, there's people that do abuse the laws, okay? And those people should be punished, okay? But for the good people that need their medication, that live with pain, I think it's time, ladies and gentlemen, to recognize the good people of the world instead of always recognizing the people that do bad things and try to take advantage of the system. Let's recognize the good people and give a little incentive. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't uh, ding us, uh, the people that actually need the medicine and are not abusing it for for the people that um, are, you know, going around. Well, you know, like in Florida, they had uh, they had uh, pain pill um pain pill clinics and, and, you know, people were going around doctor shopping and, and uh, you know, they were taking driving down from Kentucky and, you know, going around to different doctors and getting as many pain pills as they could and then going back to Kentucky and selling them, you know, and whatever. But, um, you know, don't, don't uh, damage the person that's actually in chronic pain. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can show that you're seeing a doctor for chronic pain, you know, or something like that. Have yeah, like you said before at the beginning, have some kind of ID or something, or um, or put something on your driver's license because they uh, they always ask for your driver's license to get your prescription, so mm-hmm. they could put you know this person suffers from chronic pain or something. Well, I I I would tend to think an ID is better, you know, because at least then the doctor could sign it. You know, and then maybe print his name underneath it or have, like, something printed underneath it, what doctor it is that you're seeing. You know, right, because, right. you know, when it comes down to it, there are so many people that need these medications, and they're, they're being shunned. They're being thrown away, you know. And, you know, any insurance company, including Obamacare, I mean, you know, people are being shunned away, you know, from getting their medications, and they should be getting those medications because it helps them. Obviously, if they continue to go back and get these medications, they're working for them, okay? So if something is working for this person, they should not, you know, have these problems. I I just don't understand the mentality of our country that we have to do this to individuals that need help, that need the help of these medications, okay? Yeah, there are how many deaths? Numerous deaths because of pain medications. I I will put that out there. There are numerous deaths because of pain medications, but that is because people use them wrongly, okay? Imagine, you know, people were just going ahead, just taking them, four, five, six times a day, yeah, of course you're going to drop dead, you know? I mean, you know, I don't understand, you know, where these people actually come off and say, well, you know, I'll sell these drugs, you know? I'll just get them from somebody else, and I'll sell them for, uh, you know, uh, 500 a pop, you know? You know, I, I don't know. I don't understand the big business of it. 
okay, you know, when, when it comes down to it, you know, yes, you could easily get addicted to these drugs if you use them wrongly, okay? If you use them wrong, of course you're going to get addicted to them. But if you use them the way the doctor has prescribed them to you, you will not get addicted to it. And that's what, these, that's what the government needs to be told. That's what pharmacies need to be told. And that's what doctors need to be told and hospitals. Because you walk into a hospital and you're in there and it looks like nothing is wrong with you and you ask for pain medication and they look at you like you've got 17 different heads because they say there's nothing wrong with this person. I am not going to give them any pain medication because it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with them. Well, you know, my, my whole thing is, is that if you have an invisible disease, you need to tell the doctors or the hospital you have an invisible disease when you walk in to an ER, okay? Because they're not going to see it, okay? I mean, you have to tell them, and that's why these IDs would be a good, a good idea because then you could whip out your ID and say, I have RSD. Here you go. My doctor signed this, okay? At least you have the evidence to say then, well, oh, a doctor signed this, you know? I, I, why not have an ID for pain patients? Why not have an ID for any invisible disease that you can't see? You know, this way, when you walk into a hospital, you're not looked at like you've got 17 heads, like you're not looked at like you're a, 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 a med junkie or a pain pill popper, okay? And, you know, you need the medication because you need the medication. You need to survive. You can't take the pain. You know, I, I, don't, I don't get it. You know, there's too much ignorance out there is what it is. Too much ignorance, ladies and gentlemen. Ignorance. What do you think, Mary? Yeah, the, um, and I just, I just think that the FDA, when they changed the rules, they just didn't think, they just didn't think out all sides, all sides of it too well. I just think yeah. they, um, I just think they, you know, thought about the the uh, the pill, uh, the pill, uh, the pill doctors, the pill mill doctors, as as it was called down here in Florida before they shut a lot of them down. Yeah. And um, I think they just. Um, Heard from certain uh, states and certain governors that you know over maybe overreacted, and um, I think they I don't know I just think they they jumped the gun without talking to to too many I don't think they talked to too many chronic pain uh, patients is what I'm trying to say I don't think they did yeah I don't I don't think it was uh, we were part of the process I think you're right I think you're yeah. right yeah uh, yeah I you don't think they um you know, took any opinion polls or uh, surveys or or tried to talk to people or, you know, put it, you know, like sometimes the go um, at the government, um, in the VA rather, you know, if they're if they're having a commission about Gulf War illness per se, they'll give, uh, they'll give you know, the public 60 days to respond before they go further, you know, like uh, like that. And so, you know, maybe they should have done something like that where, they reached out to uh, a lot of the pain doctors and uh, a lot of the doctors that treat people with uh, with cancer or lupus or any kind of chronic uh, long-term illness and RSD, and you know should have took a consensus of pain patients and 
and pain advocates and, you know, things like that before they decided what they were going to do. Yeah, I, I agree, you know. I mean, like, the pill pusher doctors, there's another problem, you know. But we don't need any more laws. Stop. We don't need any more laws. Just stop, please, you know, because the more laws we have, the more nuts we go to try to figure out what the war is. Okay, please. No more laws. Stop. Just stop. You know, I, I, I can't. I, I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, all these bills that were passed that they didn't read in Congress, you know, I, I can only imagine what is, what's in these bills, you know. And I, I, I can't imagine what else is, is part of Obamacare. You know, I, I, I see a lot already, you know, just by the new protocols in the doctor's office the new protocols at the pharmacy, you know, uh, getting your tests. Oh, that's another one. Getting your tests, your MRIs and your x-rays and all of that. Boy, has that changed. Okay, that's another thing. Okay. Um, You walk in there and uh, you have to now give, oh, 15 pieces of ID. Or not 15. You need three pieces of ID where I am. You need three pieces of ID, and uh, I believe it's your social security card you got to show. I you can't even, take, can't, can't even take a test. You can't even take a test. You know, I, I, it's, it's just unbelievable what's going on these days. You know, um, you know. So it's like I, I remember at the beginning of my RSD, I went to take an MRI and it was just so easy you know, to get my test. Now, when I want to go for a test, it's, like, so difficult. Why do they got to make it so difficult? It should be easy breezy. I, I don't understand. I, I don't – why make – why? Why make things so hard on the patient, the people that really need the tests done so the doctor could see what's going on in their bodies? You know, I, I don't know. Right. I, and, and when it comes down to it, primary care physicians – are going extinct, unfortunately, okay, because, because of the new Obamacare law, you know, because they're not getting paid what they should be paid, you know. So, you know, there's just, I don't know, is there, is there good, is there bad? There is some good, but there's a lot bad, you know. I mean, like, there's just things in there that, like, why? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? You know, if they read the bill to begin with and they put it out there for the people to read and they put it out there where, you know, in language that people will understand because a lot of us don't understand that political language, you know, um, it would be it would be better. It would be more transparent, you know, Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, I don't understand. I mean, I'm all for the people, I'm all for America, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's awfully frustrating. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, But um, when it comes down to it, ladies and gentlemen, we need to get on medications. Um, And, you know, JGF organization, WIRN, wants to fight for these medications for pain patients. Uh, We are going to be doing a lot with this, okay, to make sure that pain patients, you know, get their medications on time. At, at the pharmacies and stuff like that. We'll be doing some work with uh, Marianne Parker, our executive staff, 
on this very issue and with the chronic pain director uh we will be doing uh petitions uh we'll be doing uh some other events uh notable events to make sure that people know that this is happening to people out there with pain we are going to make it an issue and we will hopefully help this issue we are going to try our best at jgf organization to try to help people in chronic pain get their medications. So I, I think it's important, ladies and gentlemen, to note that, yeah, JGF organization really does care, you know, about the people out there. You know, we really want to help as many people as we can, change one mindset at a time, try to bring people over to the positive side of things, you know, in this negative world that we live in, you know. So it's important to note, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to chronic pain, when it comes to people that can't get their medications, we get angry. We get really angry here. You know, I know I'm getting angry. I'm getting really angry over this because, you know, if it's helping somebody, why take it away? Why make it harder for somebody to get their medication? That bothers me. It really does, Marianne. I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I hate to hear that. Yeah. And sad. You, yeah, it's really sad. I mean... You know, I, I, how, how much you want to bet we can reduce the amount of suicides that we have if people actually get the medications that they're supposed to get? A lot of oh, these people, absolutely. absolutely. A, lot of these, a lot of these people that commit suicide can't get their medication, so they yeah, live in pain. Yeah, they don't know what else to do. Yeah, they get frustrated. Right. Yeah, just exactly. anything to end the pain, of course. Yeah. And it's really sad. It's really sad, but it's true. But it's true because it's made true by the government, by corporate America, by pharmaceuticals, and, you know, and by the pharmacies. It's made real, you know, because of that. Because of those entities right there, it's made real for the patient. It's made harder for the patient. Life is so hard these days. You want to know why? Because everything... Is a price hike. Everything is sequestered, or everything is just so hard to get. You know, I mean, I look at the gas prices, and you look at the gas prices compared to the price of oil, and you say, why? You know, I mean, that's another thing. You know, I mean, two fifty-five for gas here, and the price of oil is forty-three dollars. You know. What, what's going on? It should be 150 for, for oil, you know? Yeah. So, I, you know, that's another thing, you know? So there's just so much going on, and it's very hard on the people. I need everybody to see this. I need everybody to, to chime in and stop making things hard for people, you know? I, I'm, an, I'm an independent. I don't care. I'm apolitical these days because I just I, I don't care about either party. I don't care about anything these days with, right. with that pertains to our government. Okay, um, I personally I want to see change and I want to see change in the opioid community. People need those medications. It's wrong that they don't get those medications. And yes, we can save a lot of those people if we can get them their medications, okay? They need those medications to live, okay? So I, I, unbelievable, Marianne, really unbelievable, you know? Uh, I don't know. 
I'm getting tossed. I'm getting tossed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, sometimes us leaders, I mean, we, we talk ourselves into oblivion. You know? I mean, like, you know, we, we try to lead so much, and it's like, follow us. You know? Follow yeah. us. Follow the leader. You know? I, I mean, it, it's, you know... I know what you mean. I uh, switched uh, Medicare plans to Humana, mm-hmm. and um, uh, when it became time to change plans again, I was so busy with different hospitals and doctors that I, I just totally forgot about, you know, getting rid of Humana because I didn't really like them. And so um, so I'm stuck with Humana another year, and um, they won't give me my lidoderm pain patches, which I use for my back pain and fibromyalgia. Yeah. And for some reason, they won't approve them because, because now, um, first they said they, you know, they were not indicated for chronic pain, mm-hmm. and and uh, but last year they approved them and they were written for chronic pain. So then the doctor changed it to um, um, the lidoderm patches are are for fibromyalgia, and they they then they turned that down and said that um, fibromyalgia is not approved uh, uh, reason by the FDA. And I'm like. You know, first you take, first you deny my uh, one of my diabetes medicines. Now you deny something that's very important to me: the lidoderm pain patches. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you take away the lidoderm pain patches, and you know that causes that that that's not good for somebody with fibromyalgia. But mm-hmm. um, you know, so you know, and sometimes you just give up. It's not even worth the appeal process and all that, and keep begging the doctor to to watch how he writes the explanation and. You know, and you just get tired of it. You know, I'm just, oh, just forget it. Just keep the stupid pain patches already. You know, good grief. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like I, you're paying I, them out of their own pocket or something. Yeah, and, you know, the slime girls at, at Workers' Comp, uh, you know, that don't listen to this show, listen to my other show, but, you know, the slime balls over there continue, <laughs> continue to degrade me. Okay, continue to not pay for my medications, even though I beat them and I got the settlement. Okay, they still continue not to pay for my medications. And Lidoderm patch is actually one of my prescriptions right there for the RSD on my left foot, left ankle. Okay. Oh I've yeah. Put in numerous times for that Lidoderm patch, and about five, six times they came back and said, "No, you know, this is not used for RSD." They said, oh, well, you know, this is used for regular back pain. I'm like, oh, really? This is used for regular back pain? Look at all the people that use it for fibromyalgia. Look at all the people that use it for lupus and all these other autoimmune diseases. So I can't use that because it's, uh, because it's only for back pain, according to them. It's only for mm-hmm. back pain, you know. So I, I used it for a while. I had like four boxes of them. You know, and, and there was a time where they were paying for them. And then to be stingy and to be slimeballs, they decided to cut that off. You know, so now that's cut off. And I'm, now I'm trying to get a gabapentin cream to put on my affected area because I'm itching like hell. Okay? My skin in my affected area is so itchy, I don't know what to tell you. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. I feel like scratching my skin off. Someday. Oh boy! You know, so it, oh, it, I, that's terrible. Yeah, it, you know, the pain is not 
the typical burning pain that you get with RSD because of Calamar. Calamar sort of reduced the burning pain, but now right. I'm left with the more annoying pains, like stabbing pain and, uh, oh. and, the, and, and the sizzling pain and the, the pins and needles pain, which is very prevalent, okay? And the more annoying pain... It just—it's just annoying. It feels like my leg, my my left leg from the knee down, is not there. It just feels like it's not there. You know, oh. it feels like it feels like when your uh, foot falls asleep. But mine is like constantly like that. You know what oh. I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, that's just okay. annoying. That's just annoying. Is what that is. You know, and yeah. to me, that's annoying. To me, it's annoying because the burning pain was unrelentless. You know, when I was getting the burning pain with the uh-huh. seven, eight, nine, with the seven, eight, nine, ten pain that I was getting, you know, I, you know, I was pretty out of it. I was pretty out of it. You know, now the only pain that I really feel is that pins and needles pain, sometimes some sizzling pains and stabbing pains. You know, and it depends what temperature it is outside. It will either feel like it would either feel like a uh, uh, an ice pick going into my leg, okay, oh. or or it will feel like um, a torch oh, is going is, is actually going into your leg. You know, uh, you know, if if it had a spike on it, imagine a torch going into your leg. You know, so. Oh, yeah, so the standing pains could be unrelentless when the, when the when they want to be, you know. Uh, but the most annoying pain that I have is that pins and needles pain. Okay, and guess what? Those pain patches actually helped with the pins and needles pain. Okay. Oh yeah, and, without a doubt. And they took it away from me, so now I have to live with this annoying pain. So guess what? I'm going to annoy them now. How about that? I'm going to annoy <laughs> workers' comp. Yes, workers' comp, I am here to annoy you because you're not giving me my medication, okay? And right. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait till you see what, you know, wait till you see what I have in store for you, workers' comp. Just wait. <laughs> you know, uh, there's just a lot coming down the pipe, you know, and, and you'll see what I'm doing. You'll see what's going to happen. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever on workers' comp, you have to fight. You have to script and scrape, and you have to make sure that you get all of those medications. And even if you've got to go through your lawyer, because we are going through the lawyer now, the lawyer, I haven't lost with this lawyer once. You know, so we are going through the lawyer now to make sure that I do get my pain patches. You know, it has to come to going to the lawyer and going to court all the time. Okay. Fine. You want to go to court? I'll beat you every time. I beat you 15 times. I'll beat you 16 times, 17 times in court because my lawyer is awesome. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I, that's all I got to say about that. You know, when it comes down to it, don't take away my medications because it makes me really annoyed and aggravated. And I'm going to annoy and aggravate you. That's it. Bottom line. You know, so workers comp, watch out. I'm telling you. You know, but uh, anyway, it, more or less, I want those pain patches. That those pain patches help me 
with my pins and needles pain. Oh, yeah, and they, it, it work, that works on shingles, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I, 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 I know that's true. Yeah, so it's prevalent. I need those. I need those pain patches. I think if I had those pain patches right now, the, that pins and needles pain would be a one-two. Right now, it's a three-four. It's an annoying pain. It's annoying, but it's it's prevalent. It's there. It's not overwhelming where I'm dying, you know, uh, and and I can't do a show or I can't do what I have to do on the internet. It's just it's there and it's annoying. And I'm trying not to think of it, but I am by talking about it. You know what I'm saying? But I have to let it out. I gotta let right. this out. You know. Uh, you know, and. Uh, Unbelievable. I'm telling you. But uh, Linda Durham Pain Patch, I found very good for me. Very good for oh, me. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Even before Colomar. Before Colomar, I had the burning pain. When I put the pain patch on the burning pain, it dissipated the burning pain. It did so good with that burning pain, like it does now with the pins and needles pain. So I have to say, as a good temporary treatment, the Linda Durham Pain Patch is awesome. It's great. I'm telling you. Yeah, unbelievable, really. um, It took away, you know, it it took the edge off is what it was. It took the edge off. So if the pain was a 7, it brought it down maybe to a 5, you know, and and the the burning pain wasn't as prevalent, you know. Yeah. Um, But without that, it hurts. You know, it, it hurts, but it's an annoying hurt, you know. So... I don't know. I just wish that medications and, and pain patches and all of that stuff were just readily available. Yeah, I don't know what else too. to say. But anyway, yeah. Marianne, uh, we're coming to the end of the show here. We went a couple extra minutes. I think that's just fine because we started a little bit late here. Um, and, uh, you know, we went 10 minutes late. And uh, Marianne, very good information today, very good show. We had a good conversation on opiates today. And if anybody has anything they have to say about that, when I post the archive, please make sure you post underneath that archive what you feel, what your comment is on opiates. And we want to know what you think because we're going to fight for you. We're going to make sure you get your opiates, you get your medicine. We're going to fight for you. Okay? That's it. I'm pretty much done. Mary Ann, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, Joy. Another great show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, again, Chronic Pain Connection is every uh, third Thursday of every month, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We come back to you on this channel for the Gulf War Illness Show next week, and that's on the 24th, uh, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Health and Wellness Channel of WIRN. We're really excited to have these satellite channels. So God bless you, everybody. Everyone have a good night. We'll see you next time. Take care. I'm tired. Good night. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.